Well, I'm hoping the seeing that an £86 million deal might get agreed with Bayern Munich and Kane goes, I ain't going. I'll be stunned if Harry Kane goes to Bayern Munich. If he doesn't want to break that Premier League goal-scoring record mm. the all time, I'll be absolutely stunned. People keep talking about Harry Kane trophies. Well, what if Harry Kane goes to the Bayern Munich and wins the Bundesliga? Who cares? But Alan Shearer got asked, the Premier League record goal-scorer or the Premier League with Blackburn, he just said, my job is to score goals. And welcome to the Sound of Football podcast. I'm Graeme Sibley, and as ever, I'm joined by Jan Bilton. Hello. And Terry DeFellon. Hello. Now, we might sound a bit different this week. We might sound a bit different because for the last nine years, we've been recording this podcast with my mixer, my big clunky mixer sat on the edge of the desk. But last week, five minutes after I finished editing it, it popped. And uh, poor old Big Ted did not respond to any resuscitation. It's gone. It's gone to the big mixer cloud up there. Yeah, it is no more. So You've uploaded it to Mixcloud. <laughs> yes, indeed. <laughs> well done, Terry. Uh, but I've got his little brother here, little Ted, uh, who is significantly smaller. So we may sound different. If we sound better, yeah. <laughs> I should have taken Big Ted to the bottom of the garden a few years ago. Now I've got an excuse to go out and buy a new mixer, which is always fun. I was just wondering if uh, the the other substitute mixes you have are called Jemima and Hamble. <laughs> well, yeah, <laughs> I think the next one I'm going to buy is going to be called Humpty. <laughs> yes. Very good. Okay. <laughs> no more questions need be asked there. Uh, one for the kids there. One for the kids. One for, yes. But hey, opening weekend of the Premier League. You know, first weekend of football, wasn't it, Jan? Yeah, it was. There was absolutely no football before Friday night. <laughs> None at all. Well, Because it doesn't matter. If it's not the Premier League, as I think we might get into today, it doesn't happen. It doesn't matter, does it? But yeah, it was good to have the Premier League back, of course. But, you know, actual football has been going on. I wish it hadn't because Sunderland have played three times in two competitions and lost all of them, Ooh, um, yeah. which is not a great start. So, yeah, football's definitely happened for me, though. I kind of wish it hadn't. Yeah. Yeah, it was the only blemish on quite a good day of football. My Saturday was absolutely rammed with football. I watched, I think, four games before <laughs> five o'clock. It was ridiculous. I got up early to watch the Women's World Cup semi-finals, both of them. So that was a great start with a 20-shot penalty shootout, which was unbelievable in the Australian match. And then the England game, which uh, had its own hijinks going on there as well. And then I was second screening Arsenal for the second half as well. So watching that one. And then because the Arsenal game overran, I had to dash down before the final whistle to get to watch Leaf. Now, luckily, England won, Arsenal won, Leaf won, even Palace won, didn't they, Terry? They sure did. (laughs) (laughs) It's a good job there wasn't any German football. Yes, well, there was. I was while you were doing all of that. I was watching uh, Borussia Dortmund beat TSV uh, uh, Schottmainz in the uh, first round of the DFB Pokal. So there was uh, uh, handsomely as well, wasn't it? Yes, it was. It was. It was. It, it was not. No, when it was six-one, it finished, and it was as the one suggests that it was. No, it was not a. 
you know, it was an open game. I mean, TSV went, even though they're a fourth division side, they went, yeah, let's go and play football with these guys. That'd be great. <laughs> and they got hammered. They would have got hammered if they played two banks of four. So, I mean, they, they, they went for it and they got a goal and it was a great, it looked like a good atmosphere. And, and yeah, Dortmund got through. So it's all good. All good in the hood. And of course, yeah, the Premier League has come back and it's it's got bonus Premier League now because now the games are about 10% longer, aren't they, Jan? It was great, wasn't it? They they actually said they they'd be playing more time, and you know we had we had halves going on for about an hour, didn't we? Yeah, it's crazy. It is crazy now. Luckily, Sky haven't put my prices up this year, so I'm I'm actually getting ten percent extra free. So I'm quite pleased with that. <laughs> uh, I've that... got a bone to pick with that yeah. that whole because it's that's been mentioned on a number of occasions. I mean, we we're, we're talking in jest, but 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 I've heard commentators and people say speaking of value for money more supporters getting more value for money as though this was somehow a transaction going on here <laughs> i mean like th- that is that is not actually how football works it's not a question of value for money it is a question mm. of you go to watch your team and you don't get value for money mm. if you're doing well your team wins but there is no value for money proposition here you support your team irrespective of what happens and all of the time wasting and rolling around and all of the, the all of the stuff that people say is capitalized a bad thing is actually all part of the game and part of the price of admission. And if you don't like that, if you don't think that's value for money, then I have proposed that you go and follow other sports. Ooh. There are others that have timekeeping, some of them quite good sports. Rugby league, perfectly cromulent sport, stops the clock when there's stoppages and stuff like that. Go and follow that, and you might find more value there. In the meantime, stay away from football because you don't know anything about it. There hmm. are versions of football that stop the clock. American football, look at that. That stops the clock, sure doesn't thing. it? That makes sure yep. that you get every little drop of action out of the game. The games yep, last basketball. about four hours. They yep. take for bloody <laughs> ever. The last five minutes of an American football match last about three quarters of an hour. Oh, dear. And it's the same with the NBA as well. Yeah. And that's one of the annoying things I find about watching a basketball game, a professional basketball game, is it whips along until you get to the last three minutes. And then suddenly there's like timeouts and all of this going on. And you think, is this game ever actually going to end? It is kind of ridiculous. I was watching one game and what was it? Was it 3-0? And they were playing well into injury time. Perhaps we could have a broader discussion on this once things have bedded in a bit after a few weeks. Or I so. think, what do you we think we should. I think we should. Because uh, Jan and I, we, we had a talk about this uh, on episode, uh, wasn't that long ago. I think it was perhaps in the middle of March, I think we did about mm. this. We could, we could see it coming. We knew what the problems were. Um, but as usual, the sound of football will be here to dispel you of your wrong opinions about time wasting and about how you supposedly cure it. Well, the way you cure it is by not having such high pressing and high all action games because these footballers, they like little breaks and that's why they're mm. more than happy to take them. They need to take mini retirements throughout the course mini of their management. retirements. <laughs> oh, you see, good. see good. wisdom like that, wisdom like that is why we'll never be owning the big bucks like, like Gary Neville. Gary Neville knows Julian. stuff, doesn't he? He knows about value for money, and he knows that the Sky viewers aren't going to be getting value for money at the moment. He's not going to say that in as many words, but he knows that they're not going to be getting value for money because we can't see Harry Kane scoring the goals anymore. He was one of the one of the genuine stars of the Premier League is now a genuine star of the Bundesliga, or will be anyway when the Bundesliga kicks off. Those lazy, lazy Germans. Terry, what's the difference in the reaction of the press between, say, Germany? 
where he's going, <laughs> and England, where he has come from. <laughs> well, it, there's a there's a huge chasm of difference <laughs> between the English media's reaction, uh, which seems to be one of total dismay, <laughs> and, and and the the German media's reaction, which to be fair is also to an extent one of total dismay. But the dismay in Germany comes from the fact that Bayern have paid close to £100 million for a 30-year-old striker with one year left on his contract. And the talk is, this is not something Bayern Munich normally do. They're usually a much better run club than this to go rushing out. And and there's a sense, perhaps, that this is an aspect of panic buyer about this, that, that it's a papering over the cracks deal. Because, you know, he's Harry Kane. He's a big statement signing. But as we know, Brian have kind of they were they went off the boil massively last year. There's concerns and rumblings about the coach Thomas Tuchel, uh, as we said last week. So I won't repeat all everything of what I said, but for reasons discussed last week, Brian are looking at a possibility of going into decline, and that Harry Kane might be a kind of papering over the cracks kind of kind of situation. But what they're not, Graham, what they're not is surprised mm. because this has been going on for some weeks now and the expectation is well sorry not the expectation but the but, but the knowledge was that this was something that everybody wanted that Harry Kane and that wanted to do we talked about it last week Harry Kane's family they were quite happy to go it's only in England on the other hand where people have just seem to be utterly astonished or at least within certain sectors of the media utterly astonished that this has happened hmm. even though actually it has been on the cards you know, the, the lack of curiosity on what goes on in other countries is quite strange. Of course, it might just be TV talk. I mean, they, you know, they don't want to lose subscribers to their rivals, do they? I mean, you know, they don't want to big up the Bundesliga. They don't want people switching over to watch the Bundesliga on uh, which which channel is it on? Remind me. It's on Sky. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, occasionally, yeah. occasionally on Sky when they can be bothered to put it on there. Well. Actually, Graham, in fairness, so far it's shaping up quite well, the coverage. And I don't think that's got anything to do with Harry Kane. But like, for example, they when the Bundesliga 2 started a couple of weeks ago, they've been showing Bundesliga 2 games, not on their main channels, but on their YouTube channel and on their app. And they'd never gone anywhere near it in the previous two seasons that they've been doing. And they're, and I'm looking at the schedules, they're still programming in Bundesliga 2 games. I think because there's so many big clubs in the Bundesliga 2 now yeah. that they're showing it. So actually, I think that they have done that. But but that's independent of what's happening with Harry Kane. But of course, yeah, it is hilarious. Sort of like, you know, when you had Gary Neal says, well, you know, who cares? You know, but if Harry Kane wins the Bundesliga, who cares? I say, well, Sky Sports might because they got the rights for that league. <laughs> Your employers might care. Really odd. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And I suppose he's, he, he was just talking in that weird sort of like, Top Gear type show that they're doing, <laughs> and of course, you know he was just playing to an audience, wasn't he? There, I mean, it's great format. Well, it was great about fifteen years ago, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. It was a lot like Top Gear, but without the overt racism. Um, so well, I'm sure there's time for that. Yeah, there's time for xenophobia, really. Yeah, uh, yeah. Well, yeah. I suppose there was. Yeah, there was xenophobia. So yeah, it was just like Top Gear used to be. Um, but you know, um, Gary Neville and Jimmy Carrick have been brought in specifically for for Premier League and to stoke the flames of that particular product that Sky are representing. So that's exactly why they were doing what they were doing. However, it did make them both look incredibly stupid. Mm. I think to any person, any thinking person, anybody who knows anything about football uh, that exists off this little island um, would have looked at that and seen it for what it was really, which is a real shame because I think Gary Neville's an 
I mean, occasionally he puts his foot in his mouth, but he's a, a, clearly a smart guy, was a great footballer, and, and I think he's a credit to Sky generally, um, as is Jamie Carragher to a lesser extent, but he's, he's still a good uh, chap to have on there. He knows his stuff and he's, and he's been there, but that was a really ill-advised rant from both of them. Terry, you very kindly sent that on to me earlier, and I kind of thought, oh, it's just going to be about the beginning bit where they went, Harry Kane's never going to buy in. And I thought, well, okay, well, they look a bit silly, but then again, you know, yeah. that's going to happen, isn't it, amongst people that talk about football. But then I realised there was a lot more to go on the clip, and I thought, well, I've got a bit of time. I'll watch the rest of it, um, which, uh, yeah, which was enlightening. I felt enlightened. Um, I doubt that the viewers who watched it live did. I also have a great deal of time for Gary Neville. I have less time for Jamie Carragher, but I mean, you know, they are polished professional broadcasters. Mm. So, but what was and what is surprising about it is that they seem to have completely abandoned any kind of rigor, just simply for a hot take on the overlap. And it kind of moved into the areas like one. Well, you should at least know your subject, even if you want to spout off an ill-informed opinion. Don't be actually ill-informed. Just make out like you're really informed. I mean, it, it was, and it was also disrespectful to the Bundesliga as well. But yeah, I mean, that, anyone who follows the Bundesliga outside Germany just has to get used to that. That happens all the time. But it's the obsession with Alan Shearer's Premier League record as well, <laughs> that you, you put in there as well. And that was just blew my mind. The idea that winning a league title is not as big a deal as breaking an arbitrary goal scoring record that Erling Haaland is going to break in five years time anyway just blew me away. I just thought, I mean, that's just like a complete 180 on everything that matters about football. I know Carrie Kane has a reputation for being a selfish guy. He's a striker and a very good striker. And then he does stuff and maybe on the pitch and people look at him and think that maybe he's a little bit too, too greedy and stuff like that. This is all stuff that plays in, all based upon the narrative of the fact that Carrie Kane is a goal scorer, a natural goal scorer. And that's what he's there. That's what he's paid to do. But the idea that he would be so obsessed with himself that he would give up the opportunity to win actual trophies, actual win stuff, so that he could, could break some clearly arbitrary record. It's not even an all-time record. It's an arbitrary record that starts in from 1992. Yeah. It's absurd that anyone's priorities would be so out of whack that it's kind of ridiculous to say it out loud. And yet repeatedly, not just Gary Neville but and Jamie Carragher, but others as well have said exactly the same thing. And you just have to wonder what what has happened. It's one of those moments and I thought, there's people on this planet who don't follow the game and don't look at the game in the same way that I do. And that is just very, very strange because I think I'm a fairly regular football guy. Hi, fellow regular football guys. <laughs> You know, I heard, um, so Gary Lineker has released a, a new podcast on his uh, The Rest Is series, The Rest of History, The Rest of Politics, now The Rest is Football, has um, Mika Richards and uh, Alan Shearer. <laughs> How could I forget Alan Shearer? Um, and they were talking about that there. And obviously Alan Shearer was like, oh, well, I do want him to go for that reason. But of course, again, the three of those are representing the, the Premier League across various broadcasters, BBC and Sky. Which I thought was a little strange as well, considering you'd think at least two of those are very sensible heads and, and have been around for a while. Um, and maybe there's a bit of banter there with Alan Shearer. But the reality is, as you, as you say, Terry, you know, this football didn't start in the 1990s. It was going for a, a good hundred years before that. And there are um, players that existed and played before that, that played in the top division that scored far more goals than Alan Shearer could ever hope to have scored in the top division that seem to have been forgotten. Some of the greats, Dixie Dean, Jimmy Greaves, 
to name but a few that are absolute legends of the game. And Shearer is a, is a, was a great player, but does he really hold a candle to their records? Uh, you know, it's up for debate, but, you know, lazy, if you ask me. Very lazy. It, it is very lazy. And, and, of course, compared to some of the records that exist in the top flights across Europe, it's pretty small beer. Robert Lewandowski, he's got over 450 goals. <laughs> How many La Liga goals has Messi got? Just because we haven't had players like that over here isn't because, oh yeah, that's because the Premier League's the toughest league to score goals in. No, it's not. It's because all the best strikers are playing elsewhere. And it wouldn't surprise me if Kane, Kane gets 40-odd goals this season as a 30-year-old in a 34-game season. Well, they're playing Ruder Bremen on Friday, so they'll get you'll get at least four then. Yeah, and that'll be in the box set, listeners. <laughs> it will. It'll be a very short preview. <laughs> <laughs> Bremen are terrible, so got knocked out of the cup. But uh, but yeah, yeah. I mean, absolutely. It's not even a particularly impressive record in terms of numbers. I think is what you're saying, Graham. And it's just you know. The whole premise is like, you know, football's a team sport and it's about winning silverware. It's about the glory game, right? It's about winning trophies. It's about the glory of teamwork and, and playing in that game. It's never supposed to be about individual records. And we, as youngsters, this was drummed into us. Yeah. That football is a team game and, and individual awards are, are, are secondary. I mean, this is one of the reasons why also everyone wets their pants about the Ballon d'Or and you go, yeah, yeah. I don't understand that. I, I, I can understand why you do awards, but I don't understand why you obsess about them so much. But mm. look at how history remembers goal scorers as well. Look at Jimmy Greaves' record. Jimmy Greaves broke records everywhere he went. Scored 150-odd goals before he was 22. Every record he's got is ridiculous. And yet, because of the way that his career declined, and the fact that he didn't play in the World Cup final as well, mm. his career is treated as one of failure even though he got all of those goals. So I don't think anyone is going to be saying, oh, yeah, 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 he never won anything, but man, he, he scored lots of goals in the Premier League, didn't he? I, can't, I just can't uh, see it. It's just, it's just a load of old bunkum, isn't it? It I is. Th- I think about Alan Shearer, when I think about reflecting Alan Shearer's career, yeah. and, and, and I think about what a fantastic footballer he was, yeah. and what an amazing goal scorer he was, what an absolute tragedy it was that he didn't win more trophies. Yeah. He won the championship for Blackman. Now, for most players, that is yeah. that's enough. Yeah. That's honours enough. But for Alan Shearer, he should have gone to Manchester United and won everything. Yeah, yeah. He didn't. He went to his boyhood club. He used to be applauded for that. He did a Marco Royce. Did he went to his boyhood club? At least Marco Royce has been able to win a, a, a cup. I mean, but Alan Shearer got nothing apart from a lot of money and and a legendary status, which really ultimately, I don't know. I don't know whether that's enough. And is that enough? It feels not. And my worry would be, for Harry Kane would be is if he stayed at Tottenham or stayed in the Premier League, and I don't think he would get that. And now he has this opportunity to be able to do this. If he spends four years at Bayern Munich and if he stays there for that four years or, say, three and a half years, it, it, he will be a success. Because, I mean, if he doesn't succeed, then they'll get rid of him after a year. And if he's a success, he'll win trophies. At least win one, at least one Bundesliga, a DFA Pokal, certainly and possibly a Champions League as well. Possibly not. Those things are really hard to win. They really but are. But that's, that's what's open to him. And I can't understand how anyone would, would think that, that that's a terror. It's surprising for all kinds of reasons. He's Harry Kane. He still blows my mind that he even left England to go and play in another league. All of these things do blow my mind. It's kind of more. It would have worked better 
if he had gone to City, if he'd gone maybe even to Manchester United or I don't know, but go to a club that's more likely to actually win a trophy. But it, that, that because that never happened, he didn't had to look at other options. And of course, the only other options are to go abroad. He'd have gone to Real Madrid if they weren't like, you know, wetting their knickers over Mbappe. I'm certain of that. Yeah. But they've so, so they've gone, they're on the hook for Mbappe so much that they've passed up on Kane. Now they'll regret that, I feel. And so Bayern Munich was really the only other option. And he's going to go there and he'll score a barrel with the goes. And he'll do well if he does well. Either that or it'll be a hilarious curse. And we can all enjoy that for different reasons. <laughs> yeah, I mean, exactly. I mean, he's, he's England captain. He is usually amongst the top scorers in England's top division. And, and you know, from his point of view, he's got to look at himself and go, I'm 30 years old. All right, I'm, I'm banging in a load of goals every season, but I'm not going to win anything. I'm the captain of England. I should be able to go and win something somewhere. And I'm not going to do that at Spurs. And mm. all right, he's going to have a loyalty to the club that gave him his career and, 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 and helped him on his way. And But he's given them that back. He's repaid them that and then some. Um, why wouldn't he go abroad? Why wouldn't he go to Germany? And I think just to go back to Gary Neville's point, you know, we've talked about his politics in the past um, and how he's not afraid to shake the tree when it comes to things like English exceptionalism, actually then displaying it himself, really let himself down. I mm. think not, not just, not just on the, on, on the, on the football talk, he let himself down, but I think and in terms of his own morals, I think he was playing to a crowd, the wrong kind of crowd there that I just don't think is his kind of crowd. If that, if I've even phrased that anywhere near as eloquently as, as you guys would, but, um, but on the deal itself, I, I, I think that that's helped with this narrative, the fact that it's rumbled on so long. But, um, and we talked a little bit about this last week, but, but actually Thomas Tuchel was asked about this in one of his press conferences at the weekend. And he said, we're trying to sign the captain of England and bring him away from the Premier League. This is a big deal. And as well as that, it's also a big deal. Mm. So it's going to take time to get this over the line. And then obviously at that time, it wasn't over the line and there was talk of him staying there and, and things like that. But, you know, that's what they were trying to achieve, which is a huge, big, hairy deal. And, and they got it over the line. And you know, I'm sure he listens, but um, I, I think he's made the right decision. And I, I hope he, he bangs in loads of goals, obviously not against Dortmund. Indeed. Although I'm sure that's inevitable. <laughs> Indeed, yeah. Is it, yeah, can I so. just, 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 just quickly interject with, with a little fact? Of course, it also means that England's current captain is playing overseas now and England's future captain is playing overseas as well. Mm. Two of the best players, best English players are now playing outside the Premier League, Jude yeah. Bellingham and Harry Kane. Yeah. We're seeing more and more of, isn't it? We're seeing players that are going over there. Not just players who can't get a gig in a, in a Premier League side. Players that could be playing in Europe and can do so because they're playing for good, good quality teams in top leagues. And I think you're going to see more of that. I think especially when you see the success of people like Jude Bellingham. That who have gone out there and decided, look, I'm going to, I'm going to start, start looking around, looking at my options. And not only that, you're seeing players coming through the England youth system now, playing for England, and then decided, actually, I might go and play for Germany now, or play for France, which mm. is happening, whether or not they're actually in those leagues or not. So there's a lot more openness, I think, amongst the new wave of players coming through, and I think it's something they're going to have to get used to. And, and I don't think generating this kind of narrative... Could you believe it on the... Oh, well, of course you can believe it. it was on the front of the bloody sun. But the headline on the sun today was just screaming about how Harry Kane's wife is pregnant. And if if the, the baby is born in Munich, 
it becomes eligible to play for Germany in, in 20 odd years time. So and this this made front page news. Yeah, it's crazy. It's, that's a crazy yeah. front page. That's just so massively out. So that's just so England, isn't it? Yeah. It's part of the problem, Graham, that it's City. I mean, people talk about, oh, you know, only one team ever wins the Bundesliga, which of course is true. Yeah. But like City, was it five of the last six have won now? Yeah, yeah, if yeah. You're, if yeah. you're Bellingham and you're thinking about going back to England, you're thinking the only club I'm going to really realistically want to play for. Yeah is Manchester City because they're the only club that are more li- likely to win mm. uh, titles over the next, say, five years. Yeah. So then that makes the decision to, to maybe move to somewhere like Spain, move to Madrid, which is a magnificent football club and uh, <laughs> you would want to play for anyway. But it makes that decision a lot easier. Yeah. He's going to say, oh, he should have gone to Liverpool. He'd have been happy at Liverpool, I'm sure. And they'd have loved him at Liverpool. But how, what would he have won there? How much? How many titles would he have won there? Mm. And he must think he's good enough to win everything. Yeah. Absolutely everything. And the only place in England where you can do that now is Manchester City. Yeah, entirely. And I think this is the problem with Sky at the moment, is they are frightened that we are going to become a one-team league. Well, we already are. We already are yeah. a one-team league. We all, what all the things that everyone's been saying about, well, Serie A, when Juve won it for 10 seasons in a row, Bundesliga... Ligue 1. Ligue 1's always been a joke. PSG just winning it every year. But at least, mm. you know, you do get the occasional surprises there. But now, the thought of that being cast onto the Premier League, that whole thing that you could say, oh, we do so well in the international markets because it's so open. No, it's not. It's not open at all. Um, mm. You know, people say, oh, well, Arsenal blew it at the end of last season. Arsenal had players that had put in 3,000 minutes. Most of their key players had put 3,000 playing minutes in that season. Jack Grealish just about nudged over 2,000 minutes. They paid over £100 million for him and played him for two-thirds of a season. Calvin Phillips, an unused sub in 15 games last season. They spent fifty million quid on him. And you just can't compete with that. You cannot compete no. with that. There is no way you can compete with that. And yeah, it doesn't matter the fact you can only put 11 players out there at once. You know, if those players are only playing two-thirds of the time all season, then, yeah, of course they can go on and win 15 games in a row in March, April and May. And especially considering how close they've got over and over again to the Champions League, this is what they're always planning about, to hit that period of time when other clubs are just dead on their feet. See, now, if this was the overlap, I'd be chiming in down there, yeah, but you still blew it though, didn't you? <laughs> banter, 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 banter. Yes. I'll put some sound effects on. Yeah. Well, football fans laughing at each other in a banterous manner. Uh, yes. <laughs> uh, bring the banter. Sorry, I didn't mean to do that. <laughs> that, was a, that was genuinely me laughing at a, at a very funny observation. Not me trying to affect a comedy banter laugh. Um. Although if I was to do that, that's exactly what I was saying. Uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, I think yeah, the yeah. two are because so you're, you're authentic, yeah, and so your comedy <laughs> banter laugh is the same as your sincere. That was genuinely funny, but yeah, you, on amazingly. That, though, have you noticed that that's starting to creep into a lot of podcasts, a lot of football podcasts recently? I mean, it started with Sky with Mika Richards coming in and him and Roy Keane falling about laughing in front of each other, and you go, "Oh, well, that's fine," you know, he's a refreshing thing. But now everyone I listen to, nearly everyone I listen to, there's just this hilarity. Oh yes, I won more medals than you, or you didn't win a medal. Ha 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 ha! It creates wonderful content for the socials, doesn't it, Terry? 
It certainly does. It does. It's great. It's great for the YouTube shorts. It's great for the TikToks. Yes. And your reels and all of that. Yes. High emotion, lots of banter. And of course, as middle-aged men, you know, of course we don't understand it. Of course it's leaving us behind. And yes, we are a little raft waiting for all those other middle-aged white guys as well to like, like, come on board, listeners. Come on. (laughs) (laughs) We'll find an island somewhere. (laughs) A refuge for us. Yeah, yes. we already did. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> We're already here, Graham. Uh, <laughs> great. I'm king. No one was ever in any, any doubt about that, Graham. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Next. Uh, see, we can do the bounce as well. So. <laughs> we certainly can. Uh, well, we've got a World Cup semi-final this week. We do. Terry, the quarter-final. There was a bit of tension there, going behind, but winning in the end. Were you worried that we were going to go out? Yeah, totally. <laughs> I thought Colombia played really, really well. They did, yeah. And I thought England were brilliant to yeah. overcome them. It was super professional, excellent. I thought Colombia were fantastic. Yeah. I love that number nine. I can't remember that. Was it Ramirez? The number nine, brilliant centre forward play. Shame she couldn't finish, to be fair. Yeah. But there you go. Yeah. I thought that they were just so much fun to watch. They were bold. They were proper professional. They've got professional league in Colombia, of course. So. They all they know what they're doing. And it was nice to watch England beat a really good team fair and square over 90 minutes in the World <laughs> Cup quarterfinal. It, you're just thinking, thinking, blimey, we've really had this guys are good and we've beaten them, proper yeah. beaten them, you know. And it was really, really uh, in- encouraging to see and fills me full of a lot of encouragement for the semi-final. Yes, where we play Australia. Well, of course, the uh, the Australian pundits that I read on the socials are, are remaining very, very level-headed about that. They're not getting <laughs> at all overexcited about the prospect of uh, beating England and then reaching a, a World Cup final. Um, I'm, I'm sure you've probably seen that as well, Jan, about how, how calm and measured all the Australian pundits are. Well, they usually are, to be fair. I think it's part of the Australian psyche, isn't it? Of you course, see it yes. in, in, in rugby, you see it in cricket, very level-headed. Um, and that's why it's just always such a um, an honour to play against play against a nation that, that sets themselves up like that. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be hell to pay if England lose this game. Oh, you realize God, that. there yeah. is. Yeah. <laughs> First the ashes I mean, and now this. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, I mean, it's this is it's it's unfair on the women's game that they get dragged into the England Australia psychodrama. But it's but that's what's happened. Yeah, welcome to the They can't help you, ladies. Nope. <laughs> you need to win this game. Right? Not yes. Yeah, yeah. If only there was a way you could get out of this. Unfortunately, not. Well, to be fair, they handled the England-Germany psychodrama quite well, didn't they? So hopefully they'll be able to handle this one uh, equally well. Yeah, I I think, though, for that one, that was easier to do because I don't think the German media bigged it up as... as, uh, German media, as far as I know, don't big up England v Germany to no. any measure like 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 the british media do is that right terry mm, that's absolutely spot on yeah i mean they consider england to be a senior football nation and it's a big game but no there's no they don't perceive any rivalry <laughs> you know their perception of 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 20th century history is somewhat different to the to england so so they don't they don't look at it like that <laughs> so, but that, that's like me saying Burra's not a derby, isn't it? Yeah. It's, and that's just that just which makes it even worse now. So there are there are people that have tuned in to, uh, to this week, uh, Grim, because they heard we were going to talk about Gary Neville, and they are now seething, knowing that the Germans don't even regard it as a big game. <laughs> 
I mean, they do. Of course, they regard it as a big game, but not not in the way that we do. Yeah, it's a kind of Palace Wimbledon, Palace Charlton kind of vibe going on there, you know, and Sunderland, Middlesbrough and all of that going going on an Arsenal and pretty much every other London club that isn't Tottenham Hotspur. So, you know, it's a bit it's a bit of that going on. But yeah, the, the cross sporting rivalry between England and Australia is over a century old and it's based on family rather than war. So in many ways, it's even it's even there's even more to it. There's even more to it. It makes it even worse, doesn't it? Really, because <laughs> you know they are they are our cousins and they are our beloved cousins as well. And it is great to beat them. And I would love it if we beat them. <laughs> love it. Well, <laughs> of course, by the time we come back, the final will have been played. So yeah, let's have some predictions then. We've got Spain, Sweden. And Australia, England, who's the final going to be between? I don't think England will get past Australia, if I'm honest with you. Oof. On home turf, and they're, they're a good side, as are England. Um, but it'll be a Herculean task uh, to get there. So, But I've been impressed with what I've seen from Sweden. Yeah. So I would imagine Sweden are going to be in the final against Australia. Terry? Mm. Yeah, head says much the same. I'm afraid. Yeah, I, I mean, it, it, these these games are impossible to predict. But if you're asking for a prediction, and I'm going to go with the home team, Australia, to overcome England, probably in extra time, possibly uh, over penalties as well. But uh, I wouldn't be at all surprised if Sam Kerr just like arrives in this World Cup. Yeah. It feels like it, it feels like it could happen. A lot of this is also I'm preparing myself for the worst, but I do genuinely, objectively feel. I mean, all of these teams are in the top 10 of the FIFA rankings, right? They're yeah. all top, top sides, okay? Yeah. Disabuse yourself of any notion that un- Australia are in any way underdogs in the game against England. That is not the case. And the last time they met, they won, and it was about a year ago. Yeah. So I think that there's a um, – Spain and Sweden is impossible to call, but I'm going to go for Sweden because I just feel defensively they're going to be more solid and more rigid. And I think there's nothing else. They'll just kick the Spanish up in the air. Mm, well, I'm going to join you uh, with Sweden because I I picked them before the tournament. So yes, well, uh, yes, we all said. I think we both said Sweden to win. Didn't yeah, we? So, yeah. So uh, I'm I'm quite happy to stick with that, and it's it's proving quite quite good. And and I'm really glad that Arsenal have signed Amanda Ilstetten as well because she looks she looks great. She looks brilliant. Um, and as far as England like England are England four nil. 4-0 England. <laughs> and it's going to be 3-0 by the first 20 minutes. Yeah, yeah you're going to weep. Yeah. You're going to weep at home. All your crowd is going to be silent. Silent, <laughs> Australia. Hope. Yeah, they'll, they'll, be, they'll be home by the time it gets to the 90th minute. Yeah, they will Literally. be. Literally. They'll yeah. have gone home. <laughs> they'll have gone home. Yeah. And, the, and, the, and their excellent public transport system will, will have got them home in good order. Yeah. And then they'll sit there enjoying the, you know, lovely weather. Yeah, and, you know, lovely yeah. fresh, f- <laughs> and the, and the pro- massive prawns, massive prawns, massive prawns, five times the size of the ones you get back home. <laughs> yeah, at least. Yeah, it's a quality of life, Jan, isn't it? It's quality of life. <laughs> it's quality. It's all about the quality of life. Yeah. At least they've got the quality of life. Yes, yes, and they don't have front pages concerned about the fact that the progeny of one of your players might play for a rival in twenty years' time. Yeah, well, remember that their media is infested by. Rupert Murdoch, oh God, so they probably 
probably so it's do, probably yeah, yeah. it's all it all is yeah. it all is it all is uh, yeah well that final of course is going to be in the weekend box it because it's eleven o'clock on Sunday morning uh, and with some other great games the aforementioned Werder Bremen versus Bayern Munich yeah I did try and pick out another game but I thought this one is the the first game of the new season so I thought let's go with this one Harry Kane's Premier League debut uh, and, and, yeah. debut. Bundesliga, Bundesliga debut. debut. Sorry about that. I've got Premier League on the mind. Thank you, Gary Neville. Uh... (laughs) (laughs) He's got a lot to answer for. God, he has. God, he has. Um, Yeah, so how bad is that going to be for Werder? I threatens to be because Werder got knocked out of the cup. They're in a terrible position right now. I mean, I talked to my good friend, Nick Wildhagen. Um, and he's, I mean, he's always pessimistic about Verda, but he's like really super pessimistic about their opportunities. And I think that they could get utterly, utterly spanked in this in this game. And yeah, and there's a couple of really good Premier League games on the Saturday. Spurs against Man United. Uh, Man United, as we speak, haven't played yet, but uh, Spurs didn't have a bad start to the season, did they? I think under Ange, I think that was that wasn't a bad performance, was it? No, not at all. I thought they did well. I thought they were unlucky on on a couple of the goals. Well, on one of the goals that they conceded. But James Madison looked yeah. absolutely world class there. Yeah. It looked like he'd been playing there for years. Certainly. Um, and he set up both of the goals. Although I'm not sure. Well, no, he did know about the second one. Um, but yeah, he looked great. So I I think that's been a very shrewd signing. So yeah, I think Spurs are going to do all right. Yeah, and City Newcastle uh, Terry. That's the game everyone will be watching this weekend, won't they? I guess it probably will be. Yeah, yeah, that's gonna that is gonna be a game of football. Yeah, it's obviously two very good sides. We saw what Newcastle are capable of yeah. by the way that they took Villa apart. So that's gonna be yeah. Anyone who said Newcastle are gonna have a good season are probably gonna be correct. Ooh, They're gonna yeah. win the league. There you heard it Harry again. Kane. Harry Kane should have gone there. <laughs> Harry should have gone there. <laughs> well, if you want to see what we think about the games that are coming up this weekend, then get along to sofpodcast.com. Click on the link for the weekend box set and subscribe, and it will be in your inbox on Friday lunchtime. Yes, that's how easy it is. But that's it for now. Uh, so from me, Graham Sibley, from Jan Bilton, and from Terry Fellow, it's goodbye. Goodbye. Goodbye, Big Ted. Contact us through our website, sofpodcast.com, via Twitter at Sound of Football, or on Facebook.com slash Sound of Football. It's nice when uh, Sky and Gary Neville and Jimmy Carragher just dropped that into our lap for us. And just, <laughs> that was beautiful. Just yeah. created a pod for us. <laughs>